Hey, glad you can make it. Welcome to Fantasy Dad Pods, where dad bods are glorified and dad jokes are encouraged. I'm JT, accompanied by Sean. Sean, how are we doing? Uh, pretty good. Glad you just listened to my fantasy rant, but I'm sure we'll get into that here in a second. Yeah, I was like, let's save this. This is this is gold. We just made a whole dad analogy out of it, so hopefully we can recreate it. <laughs> measure, measure twice, cut once, right? <laughs> Oh, I never listened to that rule either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's coming off the All-Star week. Um, I caught most of most of it, except for actually the All-Star game. But I, I saw half of the Futures game. I watched most of the Home Run Derby and um, kind of tried to follow along the draft. I just I'm not fully up to date on all the high school or, or college names. I don't follow um, young adult men of that age very closely um i would say similar i watched um the all-star game and i think it was really funny that most people had the al being so much better than the nl in the futures game and then the nl just just stomped the al um it might be one of those small sample size thing but i really wanted to see which of all the thing you know being a mariners fan uh everyone was like oh you want to see the mariners no the one guy i want to see the most was shane but ba- shane Baez. that's who i wanted to see and he looks silky smooth <laughs> like Ooh. but um and yeah I, I watched the home run derby actually more than i watched it in a couple of years and it was pretty entertaining i did not watch the all-star game because i still don't care too much for the all-star game i don't really care if people are skipping the all-star game that's also another side issue that i don't really want to get into but uh don't care it's up to them to play it's not they don't have to prove it anything to you uh jacob de does not need to play for your amusement so in an exhibition game so as a mess fan i wouldn't want him to play anyways um, it's because he, speaking of which, went on the IL recently. <laughs> That's a good segue. Um, I did want to add that I think ultimately any all-star type of, you know, major league sport, I like the quote-unquote like skills competitions a little more better. I like the three-point contest oh, in the yeah. NBA. You know, I like the home run derby. Well, there's got to be more in baseball you can do, right? Like well, that doesn't involve hurting like – they do in Japan like a bunt competition and I want to see it. Like <laughs> I don't even care if it's really good. Like I just want to see it. Like just about, like outfield assists, like like a big target or net yeah. in your home plate and you're I've just seen that commercial from the eighties where the kids throw it into like a plastic trash can from the outfield. Just do that. Yeah, or anything that's been uh, done by Ichiro on YouTube. Can you do like a thing where Jared Kilnick did that with the what is it? The hey dudes or the guys from youtube who do like the trick shots or whatever oh, they are dude perfect dude perfect where he hit a frisbee do like those you know the nfl where they do those targets then the quarterbacks hit him try to hit a big one with a baseball while you're on a tee or you know a pitching machine or something like things like that like that'd be really cool yeah but, i mean like these they have so much talent but you know there's there's so much in everything any sport footwork you know hand-eye coordination it's just to put that in somewhat on display um is more entertaining especially on like a shorter smaller like social media snippet video other than just like we can watch 162 games a year and yeah the best of the best all together in one game is kind of fun but yeah don't don't pout if you know if if they're not there if they're hurt or i want to see what's cool one that i just thought of is like how the hockey does like you have like four corners you got to hit them all in a row have something really similar with like a really small target and the pitcher has to put it in a four corners or something like that. 
Ooh, it'd be like how many pitches it takes for him to get it. He doesn't throw hard, you know. You don't have to throw like a, you max out to get it there. Just how accurate can you be with like a reasonable pitch? You know, yeah, like that. that'd be cool. There's Instead a lot of painting options. the corner. It'd be like painting the corners. It's Greg yeah. Maddox, and he would just he would critique it. It'd be like a a score out of ten. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> like he's just gonna like kill it, and Greg Maddox would come down and show these young bucks what's up. He still got it. Or like golf, I think they hit through like different windows and like you know, yeah. there's so much shot play. shapes. Like no one watches the Pro Bowl, like the MLB All Star Game, yeah. But like again, if we're asking these guys to throw kind of hard in the MLB All Star Game, can I have them throw like eighty percent during like an exhibition to see how accurate they are when they throw eighty percent? Like because that's the thing you always taught. Like you can never hit this ball going ninety eight, which of course you can't. But like it's not even just the speed; it's the accuracy which they throw at ninety eight. I don't want to see people don't understand how most of the time pinpoint these guys are like how quickly like Degrom can actually put it in like the width of like a softball a baseball like over and over and over and uh, it'd be really i think people would be really impressed to see how accurate these people really are agreed all right moving on from or you know using Degrom to move on we gotta just shake it off because pain is temporary um but it's back in his uh, for his forearm again and it's unfortunate because He's been able to see it through and manage whatever he's dealing with, but we're not getting a full season out of him, but at least we're still hoping for, you know, ultimately 25 plus starts on the year. Um, Manoa back contusion. I think one of those classic jammed it on the steps of the dugout or something. Um, Chisholm shoulder trying to make a, a play diving like left shoulder. And Castellanos, uh, wrist, day-to-day. So not on the IL, just sore wrist. Um, um, there, there's one other that shows up, and it's kind of, a, as I see here, I never thought I would say this sentence, but Jake Fraley has to be considered. We talked about him the other week in fantasy conversations. I never thought that would happen, but he did go on the IL for COVID. Um, I see a couple other people like Aaron Nolan or Austin, Aaron Nola now. Thanks for getting good, Austin Nola. Aaron Nola for going on. COVID and all that stuff. So it's, it's COVID is sprinkled here and there. Keep tabs on that daily. But uh, I think I saw a stat. I don't know if you know how many games DeGrom's on pace for, but he's pretty frustrated with um, being placed on the aisle. And that will come up later with uh, trades Ooh. because that, that makes me as someone in the medical field, very fearful of DeGrom prospects for later in the year. I don't know how you feel about that, but I feel like that could be a guy looking to press yeah something to prove overdo it yeah but oh and and uh did you say lindor lindor going on the aisle too oh that's right i i remember seeing that today i didn't add it here they lost both of them on the same day i believe and so yeah well thoughts and prayers from yeah, fantasy dad pods string. yeah mm. no time. He said, and I think a quote I saw, they said it's not day-to-day. He would consider himself week-to-week more than day-to-day. So it sounds like it's not going away anytime soon, unfortunately. Right as he started to get better again. Yeah, that's a bummer because, I mean. Lindor's fun. <laughs> he's fun and he's struggled all year, but like. Now they're finally getting to see Lindor in New York. And, it's too bad. Yeah. I'm just worried about Castellanos, the wrist. I, I mean, that can that can linger. That can zap power. That can. That can put a pin a little flag on that. All you Castellanos owners, yeah. um, 
keep keep tabs. I know he's most mostly a doubles guy with, with the home runs going out a little more often this year, but isn't I would I wouldn't say break, but isn't one of those where you kind of wish it's more serious initially rather than like lingers and then it finally does something serious and he has to do something to it? Because I feel like half the time that's what it leads to anyways. Like they'll struggle just for like two weeks and then be like, okay, it really was really hurt, and then do something about it. And you're like, man, I just wish you would have. If for fantasy and real life, like you just kind of wish it would have been taken care of the first time because it can't be comfortable playing with wrists that are really broken. Uh, who was it that did? Uh, I know again, a mirror thing, Shed Long played half a year with like a fractured bone in his foot. I'm like, dude, just just take care of that, man. Like, you can't be, you know, 40% of Shed Long, you know, 40% of the Castellanos probably isn't great value for anybody right now. Yeah, you'd rather have a clean and dry, you know, diagnosis or surgery or, you know, something. And instead of, I, I mean, it's still kind of early on this day-to-day diagnosis, but just it, you know, if, if he's not, you'll, you'll know on his, um, if he's playing, if maybe he, if he finally pinch hits soon, something to that effect, but um, you know, you don't want, and I'm going to get technical here. You're, you don't want a, subluxation of the fourth metatarsal you know what i'm saying my gosh did that make any sense um it's a thing uh, it's not <laughs> relevant to this but um uh x-rays were negative let's put it that <laughs> you're back X-ray moving back. on <laughs> we're gonna show we're gonna brag about some dad strength monster dongs of the three game weekend just hit dingers dude and this is what started my rage in <laughs> before the podcast was the longest home run of the week. Guy I talked about just last week, CJ Crone. You should pick him up hitting a 465 or that's that's pretty deep. That's cores deep. That's getting a hold of one. That is a that's a hum, humidor ball cores, yeah. not a non like we saw on the all-star, the uh, home run derby, but Dietrich Krohn is, as we say, at big boys, big toys. Like that, that he's not going to get cheated of any home runs usually. Back to back, Muncie and Franmill. Those are some dad bod bombs. Muncie had two. Oh yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, both. Although he only got one uh, exit velo of eighty three. Which uh, wait, that that one is slated at going four sixty six. So he actually has the longest home run, Max Muncie. Oh, the pitch was a slider at 83. Yeah, 104, 107. 107. Gotcha. Yeah, these Sorry. are all filtered by home runs. So, yep. yep. You're I was, here at 466. Oh, man. There you go, Max Muncy. And of course, Framel Reyes, big boys, big toys. Mm. Like, watching him, hit, watching him hit home runs is pretty fun. I, that's a guy, man. If you have a dream home run derby, Framel Reyes is in it. Like, oh, he gets a hold of him. Jake Berger with the top home run exit velo, 115.2. And then everyone else, 113 or less. Donaldson had a 112.8 exit velo there. That's an old dad bod. Abreu, that's a dad bod dinger. I, I like how you say old dad bod when he's actually probably just a dad bod. <laughs> like just he's got the bum him. needs. He's got the gimp, gimp limp. Yeah. Dad bod. dad bod 101 yeah like not old dad bod that's just dad bod 101 speaking of dad bod ryan zimmerman here one a 120 uh distance guy that speaking of bum knees too you know 
Yeah. What was I, I was messing around with DIY metrics earlier, trying to figure out what I wanted to do for our, our segment later on DIY metrics. And Zimmerman came up in terms of, I think no one respects him is kind of what I was getting reading the numbers. They are literally just like, hit it. I dare you. That's not a good sign. Yeah. I actually was here listening to a podcast about that is happening right now with Christian Yelich. And it's the same thing. And he's, he's not slugging. Like they're just like, look, we used to challenge you. You finally broke out and started hitting the pitches. We backed off since you've been hurt. We're like, let's challenge him again. And he's just not doing anything with it again. So it's kind of like a Ryan. I don't want to compare Ryan Zimmerman and uh, Christian Yelich, but it's kind of like you're saying pitch wise, they're breaking it down pretty in depth too with Christian Yelich. Like it's kind of the same thing. Like, we talked about it the other day or last week where it was like, well, I'd probably trade for Christian Yelich, but it's kind of worrisome in the fact that like he needs to start doing it now because they are challenging him, getting him some kind of quote unquote juicy pitches and he's not doing anything with them. We both agree he will, but now is the time to start seeing it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, we've already tried to attack we went pretty in depth last time about it. So that, that does make sense into what we spoke to previously. So if anyone wants to recap, go check out that previous episode. Uh, I think it was under, was it the very last time Corey's brother episode? Yeah, I believe so. All right. Episode six. Um, so we're going to move on here. And um, I found a stat I was going to um, say, I don't even know what the stat is. It, like, this it's is like TTO percent. Want to guess? Did you click already? Actually, even if you clicked, you don't even know what it is. It still says TTO. I already, I already did, but I don't know what it means. You don't know what you're looking at. Did I? Did you get to it before? Because I had it like um, no. high to low. Is it like no. descending order? Yeah, I have descending order. So you have Joey Gallo as a top TTO? In the Gallo. Okay, so based on these few names, what would you think is a TTO? Well, it's it's some big boys, big toys, except for Brad Miller here. What the heck? Um, <laughs> Shohei Otani, Sano, Grandal, Zanito, Gallo, Trammel. It's got to be something with, I don't know, something Hart, Tom Murphy, Tatis. Any, yeah, anything in common that you're seeing? They're big boys. <laughs> <laughs> TTO percent on fan graphs. You can go find this um, as a listed, like under the custom leaderboards. It is total. Any guesses? Sorry, I was letting it linger. I don't. True outcomes. So this literally is a percentage. Like, time, like total time out or still total. Yeah. I was going over that in my head. So here we go. Total true outcomes or, or three true outcomes, however you want to think about it. Walks, strikeouts, and home runs. How many, what percentage of the time per plate appearance does this batter hit a home run, strike out, or walk? And Joey Gallo is leading the way at 57.8%. Seven percent. Trammell being on that list is worrisome. <laughs> like, oh, Tom Murphy, oh, worrisome. So, like, there's a lot of guys you're like, this is awesome, and then other half the other guys you're like, this is bad. Right. <laughs> yeah. it, because it doesn't like weigh or or break down who's striking out a lot or who's walking a lot. It's all the same. Yep. So I was like, when did this happen? Why is this here? This is kind of fun. 
here's the here's the here's an example for example tied at 14 tom murphy and fernando tatis jr <laughs> one exact same tto percent yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's Alfred. that's fun we may i should have led with that both these players have the same you're like what they have nothing in common yeah that is a yeah my you know taylor trammell there you go man this is a cool list i did how, man spent a lot spent a so lot top, of time yeah top 10 gallo trammell uh, zanino grandal brett phillips uh, dom nunez sano belt otani brad miller brad miller yeah that's surprising so, Although sample size is there is a sorted by sample size because Cody Bellinger's on here and he hasn't played much at all. Uh, minimum 150 plate appearances. Okay. That's a decent. He's played more, had more plate appearances than I thought. Tyler O'Neill, we talked about two true outcome guy, only down at down at 57, right, right behind Badu. Isn't that crazy? That top 10, all of those over like half the time they're either walking, striking out, or hitting a damn. Yeah. Shohei Just Otani, like, surprising one. Home run walker strikeout. You would always think, like, I mean, it's just because you look at his other numbers and they're so good, but he has just hit so many home runs that it's propping up, like, basically everything. Right. Would, would that lead you to believe, like, if the home run rate comes down, like, it's a little worrisome? Uh, based on his home run derby results, maybe. <laughs> I'm <laughs> well, I mean, just like, kidding. So many more home runs than everybody else. But like in a batting average league and all that stuff, like he has a decent batting average. But if he stops hitting home runs at this rate, that batting average, according to the stat, will just plummet because he's just not hitting anything else. Because a walk doesn't help you in a batting average league. He um, he definitely is one of those pop up profiles that yeah. you could see in a slump year. Um, his swing is, is naturally lifting, almost Gallo esque, or you know whatever you want to say. Yeah. But it's I would yeah I'd be. I'd be afraid that the home runs per fly ball would come way down. Um, like infield flies going up, pop-ups going up and just, you know, he's always going to have a big ISO because I don't think he's a 300 hitter. Oh, I think, I think we're seeing is ISO right now. Yeah. See, so oh, it's, a, it's that's gotta know, down. conducive to a lower batting average versus higher slugging. And I mean, do you have, I don't know how you filter looked that up, but I'd be like, what's what's Gallo's running, you know, ISO? Who's who leads in ISO? I don't really look at ISO. It's kind of a a forgotten I, Joey not... Gallo's ISO is sub 200. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, like yeah, that's that's a little worrisome. I didn't even think about that. 411 ISO. That's that's pretty. Oh, I can switch over. It's under advanced here on Fangraphs. Otani four eleven, Tatis three fifty eight ISO, Guerrero Jr. three forty five, and Mike Zunino. Yeah, he's an ISO guy three twenty six. I mean, yeah. Fran I mean, Mill, Schwarber, Acuna Jr. RIP, um, all over three hundred there ISO. Oh, so we, I guess we've been talking about ISO so much. Uh, ISO is slugging minus average. Yes. Sorry, I should have explained. <laughs> I should have too. I was just like, oh no, I was looking at the wrong year. His his ISO is two eighty one for Gallo this year. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. yeah. ISO yeah. is your slugging minus your average. So that's what I was saying. Someone with a high ISO is going to slug really well, but but not a great batting average. That's what I was saying. Pop ups conducive. And uh, the ISO should 
for Otani level out a little bit because I just don't see four four eleven continuing. But if four eleven continues, people might look and be like, "That's good." That would be really nervous for me because that would just mean that he's probably striking out a ton more. Like, because that home run rate might not continue if you're having an ISO that high. I can't imagine leading the league in home runs and having an ISO rate super super high. Not a four eleven high. You know, you know what I mean. <laughs> that's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, that's. 280, totally reasonable. I mean, it's still up there, but like Joey Gallo's going to do that. Like, that's not, you know, that's Joey Gallo levels. All right. So, speaking of stats, a DIY to stat, I kind of just threw something together and see if it stuck. And then there's there some names that like it made sense on who was doing what. I called it BBE percent. <laughs> Any guesses on this? <laughs> unofficial uh, I ball error percentage there you go rob that's for, that's for our friend rob <laughs> <laughs> batted ball event percentage okay. so i was you know i was i've done enough pdi stuff where i'm like kind of okay mentally i need to take a break from that but i was thinking of like bat flip crazy on twitter toby i'm um, talking about the stool analogy on you know different for hitters or pitchers but hitters you know it's the it's the plate discipline it's the quality of contact it's the exit velo it's you know all that the sweet spot percentage so the the type of contact would speak to what i ultimately looked into so i looked at uh, line drives ground balls and fly ball percentages i looked at soft medium hard percent contact and i also wanted to factor in home run fly ball I also pulled up BABIP, but I didn't know how to weight it because if you're getting a high BABIP, BABIP is so conducive to just the type of hitter you are more, yeah. you know, more so than like, it, there is a luck factor to it, but BABIP doesn't take into effect uh, a home, if, a, if you hit a home run, it doesn't affect BABIP. So like it's, there is a flaw to it, but like your slap hit speedsters are usually going to have a high BABIP and then your 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 big you know fly ball type total tto percent gallows um are gonna are gonna have a lower so i fact i didn't i originally was messing around with bad i have it here i didn't factor it into our little um formula but ultimately i just for for hitters um line drive is is good ground balls are bad fly balls technically are bad but i wanted to at least factor in the home run per fly ball so i, I multiplied that across soft is bad medium and hard is good so i just i'm just adding them flat out no weight or anything you're not you're not weighting medium a little less than hard no because i i honestly i try to find fan graphs like it's not, I don't think it's a number per se yeah. on fan graphs. I think it's the eyeball test. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, if there's no, if I, there's, no, if there's no number behind it, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. The glossary didn't have anything. And I did a couple Google searches trying to rephrase what I was trying to look for in terms of like savant. They're just, it is a number. It's, you know, hard hit 95 plus. It's just straightforward and easy. But like with fan graphs, I think it's more scouting, you know. Soft, medium, hard. Obviously, ground ball and a fly ball are easy, but the line drive don't exactly know that range. Whereas Savannah, it's like that eight to thirty-two degree. Um, so anyway, just kind of looking at like who's going to hit uh, hard percent, medium, and then who's going to hit line drives. Line drives by far, woba, ex woba, like you're in the six hundreds. 
a fly ball percent uh, woba, you're like low 300s. And your ground ball wobas are going to be like somewhere in the mid 200s. So by far, line drive um, are is the best outcome. Really? Oh, oh yeah. Sorry. No, sorry. I thought I thought you said. Never mind. I thought you said okay. medium contact. I, I I had a brain. Oh part. no, just like, medium contact the best. Okay, uh, more of the launch angle part. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yep. And that speaks true to that's basically what we've been talking about. Sweet spot. So line drive. Yeah. Um, the medium is going to be kind of those flare burners. We've mentioned it a few times. You know, it'll just kind of depend on whether you, you pulled or went oppo or um, what angle it actually came out at. But it's it's better than a can of corn pop up. So anyway, Justin Turner comes out on this weird DIY metric um, out on top. And interesting to make of this metric since you, we all know Vlad's having such a good year and he's all the way down at 69th nice but still like 69th <laughs> right um i was thinking of more looking for your um and you're not including babbitt in this you said no this didn't include babbitt yeah. oh. i could throw it in and do it i was going to do a divide oh, by because even then that would hurt someone like vlad so well 36 336 still is actually not so bad Vlad yeah. just having such a freak year so that where he's at, it sh he should be. I mean, Kyle Sears 57th on this list ahead of Vlad. Um, I feel like. I thought this might speak to more of the higher batting average floor types. Or just putting. Well, like more hard hurt versus medium hit. But actually, Vlad has a higher percentage towards medium versus Kyle. So, I mean, they both obviously hit, like, more medium than hard, but it's still, it's, it's only, like, Kyle's is, like, two degrees and Vlad's is four-degree difference. So, Kyle Kyle's issue is the soft contact's way more than Vlad's, but still, it's just, like, where does it come into effect? It, I mean, home run to fly ball ratio. It'd be interesting to take this list and then like run a X Woba so far in the year and like yeah. compare to see, like, because there's some names that I'm like, okay, these are these are some quality hitters like Turner, Judge Votto, um, Jed Laurie's having a solid year. Um, up here, Castellanos. How is um, Austin Meadows 11th if his line drive is 18th? Oh gosh, soft contact only. Well, it's only 13, but he has such a high. Uh, well, still me interesting we got to play around with this a little bit meadows his fly ball is super big and his home run fly ball is 18. about average so it's just he's putting a bigger percentage into that bucket and getting a same percentage it's, outcome of home runs so it's something i could like Putting the ball into play doesn't really how often you put into play. Like that number doesn't come into effect as much here. You are taking count for every type of ball. But you know what I mean? Like it's not taking account how often you're doing that. Other than home run to fly ball. But if you're hitting it on the ground occasionally, yeah, your ground ball rate will go up your percentage but it's not the total number you know what i mean 
Right. Yeah. It, you'd have to have a cross blend of, you know, yeah. how many soft ended up being fly ball, ground ball, line drive. Yeah. Yeah. This oh, is very rough. Um, this is cut three times, decide to finally measure and then just ah, good enough. Hang it up on the wall. There you go. There you go. That's how you get to take advantages though. JT has been very successful in our fantasy leagues and this is how, and now I know he's, He's got Excel spreadsheets that his wife helped him with. Yeah, I read you out. Um, that uh, his wife's like uh, Excel guru. Um, that he just he's got all these secret numbers that he's got here. He probably has even more that he's not even telling me about, just so he can. Well, you know, I always have at least thirty plus tabs on my phone in Chrome. And it, we're gonna we're gonna playoff battle between me and him too. So he's definitely not busting all the stops this year. He's gonna wait till the off season where he tells me all the. <laughs> yeah switching over to to pitchers just to kind of look at it same thing just like you know inverse of you know what helps what hurts so it's good if you have a lot of soft contact it's good if you have a lot of ground balls and if your fly ball percentage is low multiplied by a low home run to fly ball percentage bad if you have a higher line drive or higher hard contact or medium so anyway just kind of Flip that around, added them. This list has good names on it too, but there's a couple like again, same thing. That's kind of like I wonder how this compares to like expected FIP and things like that. Like because yeah. I, I don't technically know. I know Spencer Turnbull has he's number three on JT's list for those that you guys can't see it if you didn't have it downloaded or whatever. But um he has a lot of stuff. He's a you know, he's a high draft pick and all that, or has a lot of some hype at least, but uh, never really turned out. But he's high on this list, and he's shown flashes this year at least of spinning a good ball. So maybe it's a fit thing because everybody else here, you know, Alcantara, Wheeler, Burns, Keuchel, Framer, Valdez, you got DeGrom up here, you got Kluber. Like a lot of these guys are names, and a lot of these guys are having good years. So could this speak to something like XFIP or something like that? It's more of expected outcomes. Yeah, we're like a Sierra. Yeah. Um, skill interactive. Um, yeah, I could totally like factor those in and then just like you not even factor, just see how it compare how it's comparable. And there's there's probably a little difference to it too, because that's not obviously like there's more I want to say subjectivity to some of those. Mm-hmm. Um versus this is just straight up this is there's a little bit of subjectivity because you know we talk, we don't know what medium versus hard kind of is but that's really about it this is just straight up numbers so that's kind of this is more i i would think a i don't want to say solid but you know a more cut and dry version of that so i i, I like it especially for pitchers i really yeah if i have if i give it a little more time i could totally run a fan graphs custom leaderboard and then drop it in Excel and then just like run a correlation on, on like whatever outcome I put into this batted ball event percentage and compare it, you know, correlate how it correlates to like an XFIP or Sierra or something like that. That wouldn't be too difficult. Just take a little bit of time, but that'll be my next little project for the next episode. How about that? There you go. Like that. Cool. All right. I also updated the first half uh, PDI and Wobsa. I don't know if maybe we'll get into that next week, maybe with the polished up BBE. Yeah. So what we wanted to talk about next 
was trades. We are at the fast approaching most leagues trade deadlines. Um, we don't have a lot to talk about in terms of pickups because only three games have happened. And since really the last time we played or not many three days of games and still nothing much. So we wanted to talk about overall strategies and where we're going. We've talked a little bit about guys to pick up and we talked a little bit about Yelich last week, but we wanted to specify more into, into what style. So there's two big ones that come into play. We're going to talk here about 12 teams. It's the standard um, or we find it the most standard and there's two varying styles here. I want to talk about Roto first. And my my stance is the fact of you need to know where you, you are. And what that means is let's say you're somebody, me and JT have talked about this before, someone who has punted a category. That's the very common. It's usually saves or stolen bases. And those are very, very hard to make up if you've completely punted them at this point in the year. However, there's a quick way, if you're trying to get into a playoffs or something, a quick way to get into the playoffs. And it is, you might think, I'm not going to, you know, climb up, you know, I'm not going to get a ton of things by um, trading for a saves guy now. But the, the thing is, you don't have to trade to get to first. You just have to trade to beat the other guys who have also punted this category. And I feel like that's because we've been in a couple of rotisserie leagues and they, a lot of people I've talked to in the past have been like, well, I don't. I'm not competing in saves. I go, it doesn't matter if you have to compete with the first place guy. It's usually our friend named George. You don't have to compete with George with saves. You just have to beat the bottom four guys. And that's four more points in Roto because that's that you're competing every single category. It's every single, everybody else. And that same goes for stolen bases as well. I feel like a lot of people ignore easy points when they're given to them. If you, I mean, like a Turner right now, Turner's going to get a bunch, but like, let's say Mondesi is doing his thing or something like that a quick guy who just steals bases. You're like, dude, he's not going to help me in a lot of categories, but he will get you straight points. And at this point in the league where a lot of people have kind of balanced or are balancing out to where they are. And if you find yourself in the outskirts of a playoff spot and need like four or five points, stealing a, a one stolen base guy and climbing up of these other guys who have basically punted it too, is a huge and quick way to steal points in a Roto league. I am, I am very much a punt saves more than ever, um, I should have just tripled down on it going in this year because it's it's it was so prevalent in free agents, twelve team leagues. Um, but definitely, I have in our rotor league that we have for Worf, um, I've definitely tried to skim the waiver wire, adding those closer types that could committee some saves. Um, Gregory Soto comes to mind recently, a couple weeks ago, picked up Ottavino. That's actually done well. Cause I've gone from last to second to last booyah, Sean. Now you're in last for saves. Um, Chad green, even, um, that was recently, but like even Ottavino, definitely Chad green worst case scenario. They are really helping, um, whip ERA, the ratios, a couple of appearances a week chipping in the the strikeouts and rare blowups um the ones that you want to tread lightly are the joking sorias um of the world um people of that nature that's a tough one because in arizona not a whole lot of saves opportunities that team is contending for the most losses in a in a year so there's no, i mean if they are in the lead it's probably a save opportunity so i just I don't know. It's that's a tough one because even that's a committee down in there in Arizona. But that is definitely one to go after. 
and um, try to, at least for Roto, you can see where you stand and, and where, where it makes the most sense to gain it, gain ground because there's different types sizes of gaps within each category. And you can look at your, where your team stands. Obviously you should know your strengths, weaknesses, tread, trade deadline approaching, try to trade from a strength, gain something of a weakness, whether it's stat. I mean, the stats, the focus, cause that's what adds to points for victory, but it could be position that's deficient or, you know, some type of injury, but definitely, um, you know, kind of going in the all-star break. I think that's what we were talking about. Just assess the team. Hopefully you did that and, and try to just, try to match someone in terms of a trade that would be my strategy, if you will and say hey i have this strength in this you know i have ton, a plethora of runs and um I, or i have a lot of outfielders or something like that and you could you know i i noticed that you might you know don't tell them what they need but say could you you, you know do your do your scouting do your research but pose it as a question and telling them instead of telling them what they need. But that, that really um, has bode well for me. The was a couple of years ago, I think in our, our home league, I'd, I made 18 trade, 18 <laughs> trades on the year. And it was literally just like, it was just that approach. Like, yeah. Hey, you know, I've got an extra of this. Would you want some of that? I'm looking for this. Honestly, if you've grown up playing settlers of Catan, you that's, should be a solid trader. That's in fantasy. That's key right there. Play Catan. You'll get better. So, yeah. If you're not a great trader, you're not really know how to approach it, and you just kind of fire from the hips and offer just out of the blue. No, pick up Catan. It's a great game, probably 30 bucks, and just start playing and, and, and play with your friends and family who won't bash you too hard. Learn how to trade sheep for wood. Um, and then later on you could trade you darvish for juan soto work your way up man juan soto's hot right now but yeah like to jt's point like i in our yahoo league our 12 team yahoo league which has been going for for home league for a long time i me and jt were we were the only two people in the league when the league started who had pitchers everyone's like i need starting pitchers i need starting pitchers i'm looking at me and jt's rosters we were loaded to the gills with starters the year the year plays out differently where things are happening i now have as an outfield chris bryant john carl stanton brian reynolds mark canna and aaron judge um it's loaded it's absolutely ridiculous and i'm having to play people at multiple positions just because i don't have guys for them i have freddie freeman and reese hoskins as first baseman can't play them i have chris bryant and mark canna at first base i have so many first basemen too like so it's like all these guys i'm saying are top 100 and who said first base was a weak position anymore? It's back, baby. Well, apparently I have them all. So, um, but I, and I've actually been going out in the same league talking to people about trading for first baseman because some outfield you always think outfield's strong, but there's some teams with some, you know, some outfield injuries happening. We had a guy who he's keeping. He was first in the league. He's got. He just. Said, oh, I'm gonna look up his team real quick. But he had. Um, he he's keeping like. Acuna injury, you know, had all these other, Oh, Lewis Roberts, Acuna, all these other people. And, you know, going down and getting these guys hurt. He's now running out AJ Pollock and Garcia from Texas. Like that's not as out, you know, Luis Roberts, Acuna and Joey Gallo was a super sick outfield when the season started, but now it's a lot different. So 
I'm talking to him about trading for a, me getting a pitcher and him getting an outfielder when the start of the season, you know, that's never the situation you thought happens, but it's like JT said, and this is the most important thing is knowing your team. You need to understand your team and understand not even like who you think you're or who you think your guys are. It's you need to understand the perception that they have in the league. Like I was talking to somebody, I go, look, Brian Hayes, like this stud, he's like, He's kind of tickered off a little bit since he's got came back to health, but he's really hot early. And he goes, I'm not big on Cabrian Hayes. And I was like, that's fine. You, you might not be, but I know other people in the other league value him widely different. Like there are people who would love Cabrian Hayes and he could be a keeper in this league too. So I'm like, just because one guy doesn't like Cabrian Hayes, me moving on from Cabrian Hayes or something like that, doesn't mean that like I give up or trade him right away or something like that. Knowing your team's value to other people is the most important thing in this. And that's, what JT said, it's a joke, but Catan, knowing Catan, like what is the value of these resources out to the team or to the board, to the, the game versus what they are to me? Because everyone everyone knows their value to their own team. It's But that's not what really matters. It's perception that dictates reality. You need to know what they are to the other people. You know, a nice little trick sometimes when you don't want to like pinpoint a player and you, you know, if you got past the pleasantries and you're kind of like in that, okay, we need to hone it in and um and shoot your shot it's like you know maybe you're you're talking about two three four different players and all kind of same maybe you know oh i like this picture this picture you're trained for casual casually subtly or just in general just how how would you rank the these pitchers somehow get them to rank them and how they perceive value and if you perceive the value you know, differently, you got someone higher and there, they put them, you know, third out of the four pitchers you're talking, you're like, no, I think that's the second best one. Boom. There's extra value that you perceive that they don't. And if it's fairly straightforward, one for one or whatnot, and it's, it's fair, go, go with it, go for it. Um, you're not there to rip someone off though. Those ones are few and far between, and you're only going to get one trade done and no one else is ever going to trade with you. Um, the ones the, the ones that are fair and you just you just hope that you've done your research and you believe that this player will perform better the rest of the season than the one you're trading away that's all it takes yeah no it's it's you, you like there's a little bit of psychology with it yeah like J, jt is perfectly right it's it's you can almost talk them into giving the guy away they want for less <laughs> if you're if you're good if you're good enough with it but uh yeah like i want to offer jt a trade but uh i gotta butter him up first i gotta like take him out to dinner i gotta see what's what's going on and i don't and there's times where just simply like he told me before the podcast started uh we are separated by two games and it's per category too we're in a what is how many how many categories do we have uh here i honestly don't know 12 12 so like per week this thing trade changes like we're right here at the bottom. We're, we're in it in the thick of it. And it's maybe not the best to go for guys you're directly competing with. Maybe it's guys, you know, like upper bottom in the league and seeing like, look for future value or present value. Who do we want to trade with here to get, to get me that over that hump? Because again, like my perception is I might like, I don't know, just click on JT's team. I might really like Kyle Tucker because Kyle Tucker's awesome. Who doesn't like Kyle Tucker, but my value and my, I'm going to, jack up my price for kyle tucker simply because jt is so close to me i'm gonna make jt 
pay try to get him to pay less than I would normally pay for Kyle Tucker simply because of where JT is in relation to me and because of how late in the season we are in this league. Like if it's early in the season, doesn't matter. There's a lot can change, but right now we're fighting for the playoffs. We're a couple weeks away from the playoffs really getting going and we need to, I need to start trying to distance myself, not necessarily from JT, but if JT can get back up here. I'm talking shit. Like I'm two games. At- <laughs> like, what well, Sean's like- trying to say is he wants Luis Castillo and he's available. He's back. He's Luis Castilloing. I really do, and I'm and just going to ask you on the podcast live, what would it take to get Luis Castillo? <laughs> See, we didn't even mention the name. I'm like, just say it. You, <laughs> yeah, what? You, you like, <laughs> what's the Ron Burgundy? Hey, I noticed you, and I like the way you're put together. I'm kind of a big deal. I mean, I got, like, you know, some our judges. I got some guys out here who can hit some dingers, you know. Judge for Castillo. Let's do it. Boom. Yeah, I gotta think about that. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a lot. Big boys, big toys. Your judge has COVID. I'm just I'm saying that. Oh, that's true. Is he gonna be the same guy when he comes back? What's the research? Does he come back stronger? Spider Man, Hulk? Maybe. I mean, his immune system is gonna be boosted. He does have a stolen base, so um, just throwing that out there, increasing his value. I want to say that. All right. Yeah, let's that's just kind of the way to do it. Um, it's tough in a if you're not in a home league or you don't exactly know, but hopefully you have a way to contact someone, uh DM, uh Twitter, uh email, you know, there's a way to find to get a hold of people in your league. If if you haven't already, then um man, you are procrastinating because most trade deadlines are coming up in like two weeks. Yeah. But hey, there's still time. Um, shoot your shot, uh, reach out strike up a conversation uh worst case scenario you you get to know a league mate better and best case scenario make a good trade for both parties involved and hopefully benefit and make some playoffs win some championships yeah uh yeah let's i don't know what that tastes like um winning a championship um i know it's so sweet once it hits your lips to be second but i hope this year is the year i i taste it because again my team is loaded i'm ready to go garrett cole's that gallon max scherzer let's do logan gilbert let's do this thing um i'm, I'm ready my body's ready Ooh, i'm excited and i don't know whether it's you talking about that or the random police car that just drove by with its lights on but no siren i don't know so anyways what else should you be excited for is the Olympics, the first Olympics with baseball and softball. So I've been thinking that about that while I was on the toilet this week. And um, softball starts before baseball does, just kind of playing games, round robin. Um, I'm, there's, only, there's only a few names on the women's team that I'm familiar with. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, I do not follow softball as well, but I see Kat... Uh, Osterman and I think Julie Cat Gaffney like dominance uh there on the mound. Can I um, say the official Olympics website and the pictures of the players is the worst pictures that have ever been taken of athletes ever? Like a step up like, from mug shots, but no, like, like Todd Frazier's look like it's a legit mugshot. <laughs> like, like some of these just look terrible, but then others have the backgrounds cropped out. So Scott Scott Gasper's looks like terrible. Like they just whited out the background, so just like his hair looks photoshopped. 
they, they, they have no consistency. Like, Bubba Sterling is just like, not even look, he's like leaning to a one way. Like, it, <laughs> what is happening? Whoever's it must have been via like a weird webcam trying to social distance and not have a professional photographer because they, it's, it's this is like an eight bit pixel kind of going on here. Some people's top is the heads are cut off. Like. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say that on the softball side, um, U.S. heavy favorites along with Japan, they are one and two since the beginning of all time, or at least since like about 96. Um, so it's the Olympics being in Japan. Very interesting. The first few rounds of both softball and baseball are in, um, was it Fukushima? I believe so. And yeah, Fukushima Azuma baseball stadium, but those won't have fans in that stadium. Um, I haven't heard word on as they get into later rounds, the real true type metal rounds, they're going to be moving to the Yokohama, the bigger stadium. Uh, I don't know if there would be some type of capacity or not. So it's kind of going in real time, but I'm just excited for, for that matchup and for and for the men's side, you you named some names there, but there's some prospects in here. I said Shane um, Perez, and he's there. <laughs> so, yeah. Like Simeon Woods Richardson's there. That's a hot prospect. Yeah, Shane Baz. Um, who else did I see earlier? Tristan Casas. Um, and I thought there was maybe one more, but I might have scrolled by him. Right, yeah, that's that's pretty much the young kids. Yeah. But we know that uh, Dominican Republic has um, our own, very own Julio Rodriguez. Very cool. Um, batting third in front of that cleanup batter, some guy named Jose Bautista. Did I? Something, something. something like that. Um, yeah, what, yeah, it's going to be Olympic baseball. Let's do the thing. I'm ready. Yeah, I don't I don't know if there's gonna be I just want to see the different strategy on a world scale. I don't know if there's gonna be as many pitching changes or lefty righty. I mean that's what the US is accustomed to, but you know what, what was it Ian Kinsler over on the Israeli team? You know, maybe he's bringing some uh, scouting reports. Um, I think I saw he was I saw some some inter- some names that I was like, oh, I didn't know that they were probably like their parents are descendants or immigrants or something like that but that's pretty cool uh, to represent your your family's native land in the olympics um where dreams come true and commercials are made what's your favorite olympic summer event as we're wrapping it up here um i love the 200 Uh, michael johnson running around the track in atlanta when that when they first introduced that camera coming around at night with the gold cleats on i mean i'll never forget that that's a good one um and if you're looking on here all those events are labeled athletics i was looking for the running and and i clicked on athletics because it was the only thing that i didn't click on i'm like what's athletics it's all the running it's all the hurdling it's all the it's all the discus and the shot it's all under athletics i was like that's not okay Surprising someone to watch water polo. Yeah, you want to know what piqued my interest? Because <laughs> you know it's probably going to be off the wall. There's three on three basketball. Of course. Only only the U.S. Um, has a women's team in it, but it, there's both both genders compete in three on three basketball. So that's kind of interesting. There is 
canoe sprinting. Oh, I, I, I've seen that, yes. They're basically in a lunge position, just canoeing forever. Uh, there's different distances. But I watched the 1,000 meter from Rio uh, earlier because I was like, what is a canoe sprint? It makes sense, but um, obviously rhythmic gymnastics, the classics, trampoline gymnastics. Modern pentathlon? Yes. Fencing, swimming, laser run, um, more lasers and more fencing and swimming. Oh, and they ride a horse. <laughs> like, like, what? What are we? What? All right, I'm down. I'll watch it though. I'll watch every. I'll watch everything. Oh yeah, oh archery. I was in. Handball. I appreciate handball, archery. So. Handball for sure. That's like a fourth, I'm fifth grade staple not, in the U.S. I'm surprised it's not more popular. Like legitimately, it and could be. And what do we have to do to get dodgeball Olympic sport? I don't. How do you how do you officially track who gets hit? How many officials do you need to keep track of? Like, do they have to wear like super awesome bodysuits that detect pressure of the ball? I like that idea. Uh, we have the technology. Let's build it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, closing up, Dad Bod Player of the Week. Each week we pick a player. With a well, not necessarily dad bod, but usually you know that vibe uh, definitely has to show some type of dad strength. So I was like, hey, why don't we pick someone who came off the All Star break on a tear, the AL Player of the Week, none other than Seattle Mariners, Mitch Haniger. Mitchell Haniger. He's a recent father. Good on him. Uh, you know, yeah, that was always for sure. You can Google his history of um, injuries. You'll find what we're referring to, but I'm really glad he made it to fatherhood. Good on him. And um, he's he's fairly active-ish on Twitter. I mean, he he retweets a lot of different stuff, but I saw that his um, his main focus here is a uh, more than a game um, an emphasis in Latin America to have outreach, um, provide programs, mentoring. Uh, for for the youth and um, says also exchange uh, like scholarship there we go um, so pretty interesting uh, different check out the website more than game.org um, but yeah Mitch Haniger having a heck of a week coming out and you know Otani hey look Otani had another home run in an angel's loss that's that's the favorite running joke right now and it's it's is it really even a joke if it's just true? It's true. <laughs> He's getting the trout treatment. Every week. Like, it's just like, does something crazy and it's over. <laughs> oh, it's the first time since 1898 that this happened, but in, in a loss. <laughs> that supporting cast. Oh, uh, feel for him. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you listening. As always, we also have some dad wisdom on your way out. Uh, I chose this one for a few different factors that we can't get into, but ultimately don't let a wishbone grow where a backbone should be. Um, but I think the mo- mostly the focus was on the Olympics. Um, the, the person that comes in last is still in the top, whatever 5% in, of athletes representing their country, something special. They put so much, blood, sweat, and tears to cliche it, but it's, it's, it's amazing what they do, whether they get first or eighth or what have you. This wasn't a subtle reference to the nineties TV show wishbone. No, 
Oh, okay. Cute okay, little I dog. Misread, misread I misread it. Okay, your your whole Olympics thing. That's cool too. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, don't let it grow there because it's a tasty little treat for canines. Yeah, don't. Yeah, wishbone dog, <laughs> dressed up like uh, Shakespearean thespians. Yep. <laughs> there you go. All right. He's Sean. I'm JT. Take care. Be well. And until next time, see ya. Bye.